0: When, where, the, what school's?
1: where's that story?
0: It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions. About Chicago, the region, and its people.
1: Michelle Pasentino lives in Chicago's Dunning neighborhood on the far western border of the city. It's a residential area with manicured lawns and lots of baseball fields for Little League games. So, pretty much the opposite of The Loop in the heart of downtown Chicago, a place where the sidewalks are crowded with tourists and business people, and the noise from traffic lasts all day. Like a lot of people she knows, Michelle really only comes to The Loop for one reason, her job as an executive assistant. But occasionally I'll see people maybe walking their dog or going for a jog, and I wonder, do these people live here? So she asked Curious who actually lives in The Loop and why? because me personally, I I don't see much of an appeal. It doesn't seem like a a neighborhood type of place to live, and it's it's like a very expensive place to live. Well, the cost of living is one thing. But as far as the appeal, a lot of people would disagree. About 33,000 of them, in fact. That's how many people live in the loop today. That's using the official city definition of the neighborhood, the area bordered by the Chicago River to the north and west and Roosevelt Road to the south. Since 1990, the population of the Loop has actually tripled, even as the city as a whole has lost population. So even if it seems expensive and unneighborly to Michelle, people are finding thousands of good reasons to move there. I'm reporter Jake Smith, and in a minute, I'm going to introduce you to a few people who have chosen to live in the Loop for reasons that might surprise you. We'll meet a family who has found a sense of community amid the hustle and bustle. And we'll hear why you might want to live in one of the most expensive parts of the city, even on a very tight budget. Like a lot of downtown business districts across the country, the Loop has undergone a kind of transformation. The change began in the late 80s as Mayor Richard M. Daley focused on making the area greener, cleaner, and prettier. Developers soon followed, converting old industrial buildings and skyscrapers into apartments and condos. If you move into the loop today, you'll find amenities like yoga at Millennium Park and grocery stores, even a Target. And the people just keep coming. Our question asker, Michelle, imagines most of these people fit into a certain category. You know, business people who work down here, who probably make a lot of money, who can afford to live down here and live here out of pure convenience to the office. She's not totally wrong. An average 2-bedroom apartment in the Loop is going to cost you around $2500 a month. But not everyone who moves to the Loop is just trying to live close to their job, like Jerry Teminer.
0: Hello. Hi, you are Hi, I'm Michelle. Ah, it's good to meet you. Good to meet you. Mhm. <laughs>
1: For the last five years, Jerry has lived on the 15th floor of the Manhattan building. The historic building is one of Chicago's early skyscrapers. Before he moved to the Loop, Jerry spent decades in South Shore, a much more residential area. When he was getting ready to move, Jerry,
0: too, had some doubts. In South Shore, there were houses and lawns and so on and not here. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to have a neighborhood. And in fact, there's more of a neighborhood feeling for me. The reason I say that is everybody had their cars, and there wasn't as much contact. Here, there's an enormous amount of contact. Jerry
1: is 81 years old. He no longer drives, and he has bad arthritis in his legs, which makes it hard for him to walk very far. In some neighborhoods, that can mean a life stuck sitting at home. But in the loop, it's just the opposite. First floor.
0: The barbershop is in this building, that cafe is in this building, and I spend a lot of time down there. Hey, Jerry. Hi, sorry. They're following me for my routine. See notice how routine it is? She knows what I want.
1: A lot of espresso? Jerry's not just friends with every barista at the coffee shop, but also the folks at the nail salon and even the barber
0: downstairs. He plays music from my era. He comes in, I'll change the music. He's going to be in here for an hour getting a shave, and it's nice to have something that he can relate to, mm-hmm. if you will.
1: But there's one other big reason that his building feels like a community. How did your daughter first approach the subject of you living in the loop? Noah? Yeah? How did you sneak me into the loop? <laughs> Noah Teminer is Jerry's daughter. When Jerry's health started to decline a few years ago, she was the one who suggested he move in so she could help take care of him.
0: And then we got really lucky that the apartment right above me was for sale.
1: Noah moved to the Manhattan building in 1997. Originally, she came to the Loop for the same reason lots of people do, to be close to her job. Back then, she says, the area was still rather empty.
0: The weekends were dead. When we moved in here, I had no idea that I was going to end up staying for so long and really becoming a part of the community.
1: Today, not only does her dad live right upstairs, Noah also raised her daughter Olive in the building. Olive comes upstairs every night to help her grandpa
0: with chores, like changing the kitty litter. When I tell her a joke, yeah, you told me that one, Grandpa.
2: (laughs) I do. I I know all the jokes. (laughs) She knows them all.
1: Olive, who's 17 now, has never lived anywhere but the Loop. So when she was looking at colleges, she had a few requirements.
0: No cornfields for
1: me, no... Three hours away from a city. I need to be around a bunch of people. I need to be able to like leave the campus and go out into the real world and see somebody who I've never seen before in my life. The school she ended up choosing? Columbia University in New York City.
2: I'm really excited.
1: (laughs) What what are you gonna miss, do you think? the cafe, across the street, you know they, know, they ask about what school I'm going to, you know. Um, even in the library. The I library. forgot to tell you
2: that there's a woman at the library who keeps asking about you. <laughs> yeah.
1: We should point out here, the local library they're talking about, it's the Harold Washington Library with some 1.8 million books. Anyway, the point Olive's trying to make. It really yeah. is a community of people who really know each other, mm-hmm. which is something that I don't think most people would associate with downtown. So, maybe the loop can be more neighborly than it seemed to Michelle, our question asker. But there was still her other concern. It's like a very expensive place to live. It's true, it can be expensive. The median household income in the loop is about $93,000. That's almost twice the city average. But it turns out you can live there on a lot less. Tyrone Boulware is showing me his room at the Ewing Annex Men's Hotel near Clark and Van Buren. So describe what we're looking at in here.
2: About the size of a jail cell. The Ewing
1: Annex is one of the city's last cubicle hotels. For $17 a night or $345 a month, you can get a tiny room with a small cot. The rooms don't have real ceilings, just chicken wire hung overhead so you can't climb from one room to another.
2: Looking at my bed, I got stuff over there, my lamp. All these hats up there came from the VA. Then I got stuff over there in plastic bags that I'm, I'm storing over there.
1: There are 210 rooms in all, and tenants share communal bathrooms. There's no kitchen or lobby, just a sitting room with some chairs, a TV, and a microwave. Hey, Michelle here. came to check it out. It's definitely not um, the loop living
2: I was thinking of.
1: Tyrone has lived at the Ewing Annex for eight years. Before that, he was homeless, living under Wacker Drive. Tyrone is a veteran, and he could get his own place elsewhere in the city with help from the V.A., but he'd rather stay in the
2: loop. The places the V.A. would like to put me, I would have to walk around with a gun in my hand. This is a safe place as far as I'm concerned.
1: Whether they work or get government benefits, the folks at the Ewing Annex tend to have limited funds. So how do you manage to live in the pricey loop on the cheap? I asked a couple of tenants, where do you get food? Catholic
0: Charities. They have a free meal uh, Monday through Friday. 7-Eleven, McDonald's, Burger King, Chicken Planet.
1: Tyrone says that people at the Ewing have to rely on one another too. That means when you have extra of something, you share.
2: I keep a lot of extra stuff in here for people that come and don't have nothing. Two buses, two stuff like that, the old men. Because they did it for me when I got here.
1: Longtime tenants of the Ewing Annex have noticed the loop changing over the years. Several said you used to be able to hang out on the street corner. But now, police will sometimes ask you to move along. Loop aldermen have tried to close down the Ewing Annex in the past. They haven't succeeded yet. But still, there's a chance that the Ewing, which has been a low-cost men's hotel for more than a century may not be much longer. Developers have been buying up similar hotels across the city. If the hotel does close or gets more expensive, some of the guys say they'll be out on the streets. Tyrone, though, is ready for whatever happens.
2: I'm a soldier. we am ex I'm. I pretty much know how to adapt. And once you get here, you learn to adapt. So
1: having met Jerry and his family and having seen the men's hotel, what was Michelle, our question asker, going to take away? How safe they feel in the loop and how much of a community they feel is in the loop. And those are things I wasn't expecting at all to hear uh, about people who live here. Has your answer changed to the question of do you want to live here?
0: No, I think I'm still good. I'm still good in my neighborhood, but I can see the appeal now.
1: Reporting came from me, Jake J. Smith, with help from Monica Ng and Catherine Nagasawa. Support comes from the Conant Family Foundation.
0: Hello, Curious City listeners. Since 1837, the Chicago Public School District has built hundreds of school buildings, Those buildings have represented many distinct architectural styles, including Italianate, Queen Anne, Classical Revival, Tudor, Prairie, Art Deco, Modern, Contemporary. We are putting together a photo slideshow of all of these styles, and we'd love your help. Here's what to do. Take a photo of a school near where you live or work. We'd love it if you took two photos, actually. A nice wide shot and a shot of an architectural detail you find interesting or beautiful or ugly. Send the picture in an email to CuriousCity at WBEZ.org and be sure to tell us the name of the school and the neighborhood. Or you can tweet it to us at WBEZ City. We're working with the Chicago Architecture Foundation on a story about the evolution of Chicago's public school design, and we may use your photo in the web story. Again, we're at CuriousCity at WBEZ.org or tweet at WBEZ
1: Next time on Curious City, how often do people use guns for self-defense? It's a hard question to answer because, for one thing, people describe different situations as
0: self-defense. And when you ask them about what happened, there are things like, I was talking to my neighbor and he threw a beer at me and I ran and got my gun. And that's not really self-defense gun use, That's sort of <laughs> escalating argument.
1: The confusing science of gun safety. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City.